Hello and welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is sponsored by Blue Apron and HelpSpot. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I am joined this week by forgetting whether I usually say my title or not when I pr- announce myself, introduce myself. Who? What? What? What am I doing? We're Who off to a I? great start, Simone. This is great. I'm very, very powerful. Professional. Uh, yes, I'm joined this yes. week by Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren. Um, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself, Christina? <laughs> Hey, what's up? My name is Christina Warren. I used to work at Mashable, and then I moved over to Gizmodo, and I'm going to be reporting on Apple, even though Gizmodo and Apple don't really get along. Oh, but you're that the senior writer at awesome. Gizmodo. I, I just found right. your title. That You're Heck senior yeah, writer. I am senior writer at Gizmodo. doesn't sound like Christina. What exactly. happened, Christina? Yeah. I guess your, your bronchitis took a turn for the worse, huh? It did. I really, uh, I you know, the bronchitis settled in, and uh, I turned into Micah Sargent, who <laughs> oh, continues no. to be a guest host on Rock. So you're saying you've only gotten better? <laughs> <laughs> I will not answer that question Flattery. for fear of retribution from <laughs> from Christina Warren. That's really gutsy to say, since you live in the same city as Christina. She's gonna She's come, come pound hunt me down. She yeah. will find you, and she will take you out for a night of drinking, and then leave you. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote so down every, as a potential episode. Re- oh, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say every revenge that Christina does, I feel like involves drinking. There's drinking yeah. involved. Yeah, because yeah, she knows I'm vulnerable. <laughs> so, do we want to talk about uh, Micah, the text message that you sent me this week? It was offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm offensive, and I appropriate daddy culture. Um, like a sergeant. So so I was on Tumblr the other day, which there's your first hint at what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I happened upon this post uh, that someone decided to put up. They'd made a GIF, or GIF if you're one of those terrible people who pronounces it that way. Uh, Casey Liss, listen here, Casey, uh, of, of a Pokemon and you know that sounds good so far, right? I love Pokemon. Except They're great. That it is, yeah, yeah. I mean, Pokemon are great, right? But uh, not whenever you appropriate daddy culture, whilst whilst also including Pokemon. So there's there's a Pokemon called Machoke, and oh, let me post this in the you Skype send chat it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to see to this. Yeah. Um. So let's see. There's my Jeff, and over here, and okay. So we'll wait for that to get sent to to Brie. We'll hear her reaction. I'm not sure I want to know this. You do. You really do. I just hope it's nobody appropriating daddy culture or I'm really going to be upset. Really bad I said news. the D word. Simone, mark that in the, the showtime so we can have that censored out. Had daddy culture censored out? <gasps> Come on. Don't I'm don't sorry. Describe this yes. to the people listening Paint to Brianna's wheezing at home. The Pokemon Machoke stands in the center, f- like full on Superman pose, strong legs spread, arms braced. Uh, he is, of course, wearing the tiny wrestler underwear and wrestler belt, as is his custom. Sparkles, pink and blue sparkles glittering behind him, hearts falling from the top right and the bottom left. The, the subtitle Machoke Me Daddy. <laughs> Between his spread legs. He looks like a happy boy. He looks he looks ready to play. 
I can't. You had to say between his spread legs. And it's so true. I'm accurately describing this gift that you sent to me. So yeah, I did have to say it. I think uh, we're going to have to get Relay HR involved here. This is that's um, okay. This is really inappropriate. This is this is really insensitive. I'm sorry. I understand really if you don't want to be around me anymore. If I've made yeah, this unsafe yeah. for you, I don't. But I don't think. On the that. other hand, machoke me, daddy. The scientific terminology for what is happening here is machoke erotic asphyxia- asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know. It, it, if you choose, if you choose to find pleasure in machokerotic asphyxiation, I don't judge you. But uh, yeah, just you know, be careful about appropriating daddy culture. What's yeah, not I just okay have to say, is before we started machop. the show tonight, oh, yeah, I looked on. at Frank. I said, "I'm going to be hyper millennialed out tonight." <laughs> I got two of them against me, Frank. <laughs> I'm not yet. sure how this is going to go. We'll see. And here we are. Here Literally we are. Within five minutes of starting, we just hit the five minute mark, and yeah. we have the choke me, daddy. We we've got a lot going on, and now on to a topic that is far more serious. Brianna Wu, do you want to introduce it? Why did that accent happen when I go into the serious topic? Anyway, I, I think it's an appropriate accent for the severity of what we're we're going to talk about this week. So um, on a previous episode of Rocket, uh, we talked about transmission being um, basically used as a, a, a vector to spread malware, right? So you have people that downloaded transmission, which is a, a peer-to-peer uh, software client. Uh, you can use it for torrents, uh, but you know, like peer-to-peer has a lot of legitimate uses. So this is a client for that. And what happened is they were, um, they had their certificate, uh, you know, basically taken out in the wild and somebody, uh, you know, signed code uh, with Apple. And, you know, this shoots straight past your Mac's defenses because gatekeeper on your Mac um, thinks you're getting something from the transmission people and says, okay, they're a legit uh, set of developers. Um, and you know, basically spread malware to a whole bunch of people. Um, that was about five months ago. And shockingly, Christina wrote a story for Gizmodo this week that the exact same uh, malware code practically was used, the exact same vector for an attack. Um, and this got into the, the transmission client, which was distributed on their own site. And I have to tell you, this is a extremely serious piece of malware. And let me tell you about it. So, um, you know, on your Mac, most of us turn on iCloud keychain syncing, right? Like it keeps all your passwords in there. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that this works is it gets there, it captures your keychain. Now, the keychain is encrypted and it's also put away in a sandbox. And the really insidious thing about this is it waits for a moment where you might actually need to enter in your um, password and you're just going, okay, I'm just following OS 10 steps and you enter in your password and then they have your entire, uh, you know, keychain. So this is beyond serious. This is an extremely serious situation where you have this major Mac app used by a lot of people. Um, basically having everything they own, like websites, iCloud, email, you name it. Like, um, it's it's there. And um, the fact that it was attacked in exactly the same way as last time, 
um, is extremely, extremely uh, disconcerting. Uh, you know, Simone, I, I want some credit for this because, you know, Christina and I sometimes disagree on the show. And the last time we had this topic, I, I, we had a difference of opinion. I said, this is really serious and I'm not sure Apple needs to, you know, consider transmission a trusted developer through Gatekeeper anymore. And she disagreed and she said she thought that was too harsh. And, you know, here we are today. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think she'd agree to, with you today because I think she was, she yeah. did in her article. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a lot more to say about the the actual technical vector of the the attack, but I don't want to just monologue for an hour. So, <laughs> Micah, uh, Simone, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I could not like when the headline came up, I was like, wait, didn't that happen? Didn't that already happen? It, it's really incredible, especially for for a platform that you know promotes its security like OS 10 does for developers to kind of be careless with that to be careless having you know gotten within that structure um and being you know published on the app store uh to kind of let bad things happen to your code is kind of two times two times in a row like one I I will I mean we we talk all the time about how the ways that hackers attack people are always constantly shifting and developing and getting harder and harder like you have to keep up with that so I understand totally being hacked or having malicious code inserted into your app once I guess it sounds really bad when I say it like that but sure okay you've got you've got you me can once. kind of understand it yeah because yeah. none of us are really ready for that you know as much as you try you but twice twice in a row the exact same way it's really disappointing and it made me totally paranoid too because like OS 10 does do so many things like it is so hard to um download apps that are not in the app store i was recently just trying to download something and i actually found my computer wouldn't let me do the open anyway thing it was like no 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 you can't open this you can't open this even though i was saying open it anyway i know it's not from the app store open it anyway and i had to like disable um download only only allow apps from the app store and cringing as i did so and now i'm like (laughs) lock that back up but even then again it could, it potentially could not matter because in this case it did it not matter. Gone straight it would have been it's from the app store. It would have gone right through it. A so. Trusted developer, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. that makes me go ah, again. So paranoid. So yeah, uh, the Gizmodo article has a list of uh, directories and files that you can search for on your computer that if to see if it might be um, affected by this. So check that out. Uh, probably uninstall transmission. Because I don't, I mean, can they possibly come back from this? I know I asked this last time, but um, it's a bigger question, I think, this time, because it's such a a more, a worse situation to have had this happen twice. Well, yeah, Christina, um, you know, she gave us an update before she, you know, got very sick today. And, you know, the the big update in the story is they're officially moving all over to GitHub. So um, just in case you aren't a developer, this is something with a lot more, um, it has a lot more safeguards. It's version control. So literally everyone that updates it or sends it up there, like you see their account, you see what their history is, you see what their reputation is. So, um, it's a good move, but mm-hmm. it's too little, too late. And right. I, Why I was their code before the, before GitHub? Right. Why was so it you just there? version? Can, there are any number of ways you can do this on your home machine. So like Rev60, because so they just it's, had it on uh, a server, basically. 
Yeah, um, we actually use Dropbox. Uh, yeah. Like we tried Perforce and we actually manually sync things with Dropbox at uh, GSX sometimes. So mm-hmm. I, I have to say this though, before I get into the technical parts of it, I I am not someone, I'll admit this on the show, that likes guns very much, but I did grow up in Mississippi. And I have to say to me, the analogy here is a developer has to treat their dev certificates and their password and their TFA and their key signing pair really like a gun in the house. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is, you know, it's one thing for me to be kind of cavalier on my own machine. Like, okay, that's my own data. That might get out there in the wild. But when you are a software developer, this is a real ethical responsibility. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my choices can devastate other people. Um, it can hurt them financially. It can hurt them, you know, their privacy. It could destroy their family. Um, you know, we don't have many insta-fire situations at Giant Space Cat, but we do have a you're instantly fired clause in our employment contracts if you don't take your Apple dev security seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, leave it on a USB key, you know, don't follow TFA on your accounts, I, I would fire someone that second over that because it's the stakes are so high. So, um, Micah, like, what do you think about this whole thing? So I'm looking through my keychain right now and seeing all of the stuff that I yeah. have within yeah. my keychain. Oh. I mean, it's not just passwords. It's also signing certificates mm-hmm. uh, because I have a developer ID. I have uh, distribution certificates. I have Mac developer application certificates. I've also got iMessage signing keys, which are related to the way that your iMessage is encrypted. So much stuff is locked into my keychain. And to give this app access to all of that stuff, you know, via this this group of, of hackers, these bad guys, is terrifying. And again, I don't understand why there wasn't a change, enough of a change made the first time around that this was able to happen again. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Brienne, with you, back whenever it happened the first time, I'm already done. I'm done with the company. I'm not even trying to mess around with it. And the thing is, it's not like there aren't eight other uh, BitTorrent apps out there. Maybe Mm -hmm. this one's good or whatever, but like you can go find another one. And, you know, if we go talk about, so for example, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody who doesn't, my my grandpa uh, doesn't know technology all that well. And so he goes and, and, you know, downloads something to his computer. If it says this is not from the app store and it's not by assigned developer, if you download this, you might be in trouble. He's going to click no. Okay. But because this was signed and it was allowed, mm-hmm. there's no, this was not, you know, so, so it just goes through and you have this, this base level of trust. And even I do, and I just have to point this out. So I was uh, through going through Twitter the other day and I saw somebody post a, a, a social engineering hack that terrified me, absolutely mm-hmm. terrified me. And it showed what looked like a Google document had been sent to them, a Google Docs document. And when you clicked on the part where it showed like the PDF and a Gmail uh, page, it took you to a page that looked exactly like the login screen for your Gmail or for your Google Docs account. And they would type that in and it would actually be a way for someone to steal that stuff. That's uh, it's horrible. Just, it, it's horrible 
horrible. And I would have been, that's what I kept thinking was, I probably would have been tricked by that because it looked so real. Even the URL at the top, they made it so that there were about like 50 non-breaking spaces in between, or sorry, no, actually uh, page breaks in between the URL and the actual script that captured the code. So even if I had looked at the URL and saw it, it would have looked like it was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying. So uh, th- what this boils down to is I think that we have to be super careful. It's like you're saying, Brie, with the guns. If you're going to have guns in your house, you keep them in a lot. And same for me. I'm not a fan of guns, but you better believe I had guns growing up in middle of uh, Missouri, USA, and they were locked away. And you're th- you have to think about other people here. And mm-hmm. I don't I, or I think the transmission should have made those changes the first time around. Yeah. I mean, even without, I don't have any um, developer keys, but like I, I think of all the other information, like personal information about my friends and stuff that could get out if if hackers had access to what I have on my computer. And it's like, I, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone in that situation. Yeah, so, it's not just me. It's all of my friends who are texting me and sending me personal information and maybe sharing, uh, you know, especially with Shane, my my significant other, for those who don't know, like, I have had his his credit card number sent to me before. And that's terrifying that someone would be able to access that because they mm-hmm. have access to my entire computer. It's just, uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So can we talk a little bit about the the technical way this um, yeah. this attack happened? Because it's, it's really interesting. Um, so we'll link to it in the show notes. But I had uh, like a hundred tweet storm like conversation last night with um, you know, Guy English and a bunch of other people, um, you know, kind of analyzing this from a security point of view. So, uh, you know, Rev 60, Revolution 60 is coming out next Tuesday. And it was delayed a week because I was dealing with this exact issue. Um, you know, code signing is like, let's back up a little bit and just educate people from the beginning, just in case you aren't a developer. Code signing is a really critical cornerstone of modern uh, software development. And what happens is, let's say I want to go out and start developing Revolution 62 today. Um, I have to go to Apple and I have to get an app ID. So register it on there. Um, I have to tell Apple which permissions I might want. So if I want to use Game Center or iCloud or, you know, accessing other apps, I have to tell Apple from the very beginning that I want those permissions. And if I don't, it's just shut off automatically. So I have to go through, I have to do that. Then I have to make a developer certificate for this exact app. Um, then after I get my, um, developer certificate, I have to get a provisioning profile, um, and make it so it will run directly on test devices because you can't just install it to anything. So Mm -hmm. on every single iPhone, I have to secure it and do a provisioning profile. If you're, um, you're playing, if you're buying something from the app store, it's going to install a provisioning profile on your device with this built into it. So then on top of that, I have to give it a signing certificate. So what that means is I have to go into Xcode and Keychain and I have to encrypt a base pair key with a very long encryption uh, digit. And then I have to bake it into the app and I have to submit it along with that to Apple. And Apple will go over it with a fine-toothed comb with their tools and make sure it's all legit. And that entire line of steps is a horrible pain in the butt. But it has this benefit of letting people be very, very sure. 
that the the stuff that is out there is, you know, it's actually from X, Y, and Z company. Um, mm-hmm. What makes this particular attack, you know, I, I'm just going to say it. Like, there are two possibilities here at Transmission. One is one of the people that works at Transmission is actively involved in putting malware out there. And the second option is they just didn't lock up their security uh, after this happened the first time. And what that means is someone out there managed to get uh, the signing certificate and potentially the base pair encryption key that you use to sign a ma- um, an app. And what they were able to do, because transmission was you know, very cavalier with securing these things is they were able to create their own dev account and sign it amazingly with transmissions credentials. So I want to be really clear here. They got the, like someone at transmission went to Apple site, created a, um, you know, dev certificate and their encrypted key pair got out there. And, you know, as I understand it, someone took those two things and they went and then created their own Apple dev account, talked to Apple, and then used those things with their own dev account to trick all these people's computers into thinking it was real transmission. And then amazingly, they managed to get this this malware back on the transmission site. That is horrifying. As you would there say, are any that is number of steps here. <laughs> that there are so many steps here that went wrong. Why does their website not have TFA on it? Mm-hmm. Like I have TFA and no one person at GSX has both things at once because it's a risk, right? Um, like why is there encrypted key pair? Why are they able to get that? Like, did their machine have malware on it? So someone was able to get the code. Um, how are people getting the dev certificates? Ours are locked up and hyper encrypted on top of that. Like this is a, a really long list of failures here. So, you know, Christina said in her piece that they need to do a security audit and that's correct. But, you know, it, it's really coming at a point now where, I don't trust these developers. Yeah, I think that's not that's not an excessive reaction. That's yeah, yeah. Anything to add, Micah? No, it's it's all been said. Yeah, don't this don't sucks. download this application. Don't trust anyone. Go live now. in a basement. Turn on TFA. Turn on <laughs> two factor authentication. Turn on, turn on two factor authentication. authentication. Don't talk to anyone. Uh, burn all of the papers that you write on from here until the mm-hmm. end of the world. Use a password manager. Every time uh, you text, just throw your phone down and smash it under your heels. <laughs> yes, get a new phone it. for every text you yeah. send. Yeah. They're cheap Let's see now. What else. So I hear. Yeah, actually, don't even use a phone to text. Just send messages in bottles. I want, Micah, I want to open my mailbox one day and pull out a beautiful bottle with like a cork stuffed in it, a ribbon around it, uncork the bottle, reach in with a pair of tweezers, pull out a delicate piece of parchment and unroll it to see Machoke Me Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Love, Micah. You have no idea how how serious I am about making that happen now. That it's my dream. 
I'll even tea stain it and burn the edges of the paper like oh, yeah. we all did in middle school whenever we thought we were cool and <laughs> thought it was a cool thing to tea stain paper and burn the edges. And I hope that's our times. official gift from Relay for year three. <laughs> that's what I want. I want, I want Micah on parchment paper. I want all, Mike. I mean, yeah. Steven's a daddy. I don't think Mike's yeah. a daddy, but. Oh, nope. dear. <laughs> He literally is. Daddy. Daddy yeah. has different definitions for different people. And like, you, it's, you, you don't have to be a uh, literal daddy to be a daddy. Oh, so maybe Mike is a daddy because he has a beard. So I wouldn't I'm define Mike as a daddy. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I should. Yeah, I should not. <laughs> I not, gotta go. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I will not tell you who I would define from Relay We're as We're going to have this conversation later in private, and then the text messages <laughs> will be hacked and leaked to the world because no one is safe. You know what is safe, though? Food <laughs> that you make in your own home via Blue Apron's wonderful food delivery services. This episode of Rocket is once again brought to you by the glorious Blue Apron. What a, You know, I think about naming things sometimes. And how hard it is. I, like, every time I have to name something, I just want to die instead. Blue Apron is such a good name. Like, it's it's abstract, and yet it's exact. like, it conjures this, like, lovely image of, like, someone in a blue apron all neat cooking in a kitchen. And I love that. It's v- It makes me hungry, personally, which is good. Because Blue Apron will provide you with, for less than $10 a meal, the ingredients to make yourself a delicious home-cooked meal. Uh, there are recipes that you can choose from each week you get to decide what you want to eat you get to decide how many deliveries that you want per week maybe you have like three days where you know you're going to be so so freaking busy you're not going to have time to go to the grocery store you're not even and you don't want to spend money on takeout again because you feel bad when you do that i know i do all the time so you ask for blue apron deliveries for those three days you make delicious meals in less than 40 minutes You have a good-sized portion, and then you feel like a cool person who is a self-sufficient adult, because that is what you are, my friend. You're a self-sufficient adult. Just because you need your ingredients delivered to you does not make you a less efficient adult. That just means you don't have time to go to the grocery store. Come on. It means you don't have time to browse the internet for recipes and, like, choose one and then find out that it's a bad recipe in the first place. No, don't bother with that. Blue Apron gives you the recipes, beautiful printed cards, pictures, step-by-step instructions, gives you food, delicious fresh food, packed, delivered to your door. You unwrap it. It's beautiful. I love unwrapping fresh food. I'm so hungry right now. And then you make a meal. Boom. I'm on crack. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. There's a show title. Can I give you a few of my, like, Blue Apron pro tips? Like, of what really makes it more fun to do? So, you know, the only thing you really... And if you listen to Rocket, you know, I am... I completely love this company. I adore it. Like, cooking a meal three times a week is my favorite thing to do. It's relaxing. I, I love Blue Apron. And there's a reason, like... You know, like if you follow my Twitter account, I'm constantly like tweeting pictures of awesome stuff that I've cooked. Like Blue Apron doesn't ask me to do that. I don't get paid for it. It's just because I'm really passionate about this. I like doing it. So the only thing you must have in your house is salt and pepper and olive oil. And I guess um, some sort of knife and a pan, like a a cooking pan. Some sort of knife. Some sort of knife. It could be... (laughs) 
<laughs> could be a Swiss Army knife, Simone. But uh, uh. seriously, like something that will make the prep go a lot faster is if you get a mandolin slicer. Um, it's like this cool little board and it's so much fun to use. Like you should buy anti-cut gloves so you don't mandolin your finger off, but you get to like slide like a cucumber down the board immediately. It chops it into these perfectly sliced things. It's like just the highlight of my day. Every time I did that, I also got, I know it's not called a slap chop, but it's slap chop technology <laughs> to like mince garlic. Slap chop, and then, yes. yes. You get to like put it on the counter and then and do that, and you get to chop up all your garlic. And it's just so much fun to use. So, I, as a person, I love smashing garlic. It's like one of yes. my favorite things to do. Yes. Uh, so, I, I hardly approve of these techniques that you have shared with us. And also, I just went through your media tab on Twitter, and I am hungrier than before. Thanks for that. Why? Why did I do it? Why did I think that that would be a good thing to do? Look at Brianna Wu's home cooked meals. Okay, that's Can- fine and fun. Whatever. Can we talk about how if you get an egg from them, if you get a single egg from them, it comes in this one egg carton and it's the most yep. adorable thing in the world. I love that. It's called farm egg and it's just it's it's just like a carton for one egg and I just oh I, I saw that today on Twitter again and I just I just fell in love with a farm egg. Micah Sargent <laughs> just sent me a beautiful image of myself in a blue apron. With the uh, subtitle, I'm on crack. Yes, it's, it's their new ad campaign. Blue Apron has a new ad campaign. I don't think that's a good slogan. You know, I ran it by Blue Apron and they were like, no, we prefer to go with our current slogan, which is a better way to cook. And I said, that's, that's, that's true. Better. That's both a true yeah. slogan and also does not involve illicit drug references. So <laughs> you got, once again, Blue Apron is better than me at this game. So. Uh, if you want to look at this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash rocket. Uh, they have new recipes each week. Uh, some of the ones that they're telling me about right now are summer udon noodle salad with cherry tomatoes, corn, and sweet summer pepper, which makes me hungry. Also, oh my god, there's paprika spice shrimp and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn. I freaking uh, love shrimp grits. And grits. I have no idea Don't. how to make grits. Blue Apron could teach you how to make grits. Oh my god. So Shrimp and grits is just bay. See, I don't like shrimp, but again, since I have dietary preferences, I can modify that on blueapron.com and they wouldn't send me the shrimp things. I wonder if I could get like a chicken substitution or something. Anyway. Any any of their meals are um, Indian or Asian are always good. Oh, like that's, if you see that on the list, get it. It's going to be one of the best meals you've ever had. Nice. Blueapron.com slash rocket is where you sign up for that. So thank you so much, Blue Apron, for your support of Rocket. Second topic of the day is a weird... the. This story encapsulates all the weirdness of the video game industry. So Sony is definitely, sometime in the future, releasing an updated version of the PS4. Uh, This is not going to be the more powerful model that we've heard about before, which is going by the codename Neo. This is the PS4 Slim, which is basically just a smaller version, a more compact version of the current PS4 technology. Sony hasn't confirmed this, but... 
nonetheless, uh, the the console exists and it has been sold by some uh, distributors who have broken street date on eBay, etc. Game journalist Laura Kate Dale actually bought one of these and she did a review of it on letsplayvideogames.com. And we cited her extensively on polygon.com because we were not able to get one of these lovely devices. Um, it's it's a, such a strange situation. Sony still, uh, I believe, as of Wednesday night, has not acknowledged the existence of this console. <laughs> but there's video like unboxings of it. Laura is not the only one who's done it. Uh, other people have as well. So I guess, I mean, technology-wise, uh, it is pretty much what you can expect from the PlayStation 4. Uh, it does not stand on its side, but there's an attachment for that. Um, and there, it comes with a new version of the DualShock 4 controller, which has a light bar on the top of the touchpad as well. So right now the light bar is on the back of the controller. So if you want to um, look at it for whatever reason, you have to flip the controller towards your face, which, like, why? So this lets you see it uh, just on top of the touchpad. Kind of a, not really a... A particular uh, use for that. I mean, I like I like the light bar. It makes the controller look fancy, and you can see what color you are if you're playing a multiplayer game. Um, having on the top of the controller is fine. Uh, so, I, really, the the weirdest thing to me about this is still the fact that Sony just does not say that it exists. How do y'all Ooh. feel about that? <laughs> Um, well, I think before we, we talk out the story, I just, you know, we talked about this before, Simone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, Laura K. Buzz is not my best friend, but she's somebody I like a lot. And I'm just going to be, like, we're going to be talking about some journalistic ethics things here. And I just want to say, like, uh, you know, like, Simone, if there was a story on different, if we were doing a story on disruption about your ethics, uh-huh. I would probably not be able to be neutral about that. And I can't be uh, neutral about mm-hmm. Laura. So I just want to put that out there. Um, so my thoughts on this is it doesn't really seem like that big an update. It doesn't seem like a really big deal. Um, you know, the, the advantage, the really big advantage of making these things smaller um, yeah, yeah, it's great for the consumer to not, um, you know, use as much space, but the real advantage is, um, inventory space. Um, if you remember when Harmonix was bought for $1, the reason it was bought for so cheaply by, um, you know, uh, venture capitalists is because the inventory cost of them to store all their stuff in warehouses and different mm-hmm. retail outlets was so high. So, you know, Sony kind of getting their model smaller so the packaging can be smaller that's a really big deal. Um, you know, all the updates here just seem like not a big deal. Like the light bar on the top of the controller. I don't even think that it exists. Like I've never used it. I don't care about it. So if that changes (laughs) it somewhat, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry. I I know you're probably going somewhere with this, but I think before we talk about journalistic ethics, I kind of want to compare it to what Xbox is doing because we've talked before about so Xbox uh, we know that they're coming out with the Xbox One Scorpio codenamed Scorpio next year which is going to be the massive hardware upgrade but before that they released the Xbox One S which uh, still does 4K and HDR and stuff or you know 4K you know as as it were um, it is a hardware upgrade better than the original Xbox One, um, but it's coming like in this weird gray in-between area before the Scorpio comes out. So it's kind of like, huh, why? PS4 is in a weirdly 
similar situation where they've ne- they're releasing presumably the slim before the upgraded neo comes out sometime in the future no release date for that either but there are no hardware upgrades and we've been critical of like why is why is microsoft doing this why are they releasing the xbox one s i kind of want to put it out there like what do we how do we feel about the chances for sales for the ps4 slim like is is the size difference mm, size difference um <laughs> is we've that, already done the topic size queen i don't want to do it again. yeah not again not again yeah. Is that, yeah. you know, on the same level as like the Xbox One S where we feel like sales will suffer because there's a bit, an, another better thing coming soon in the future? Or will will this small size be enough to get people to go, oh, hey, why not? Why not get this? I mean, I think it's tempting to think about this from a consumer point of view. And I think that's just not the right analysis. And I'm sure I don't think they're doing it to sell more PlayStation 4s, of which the sales are great, by the way. Like, this is a system that's doing very well. Um, I think it's, you know, Apple managed to get their prices down by vertical integration and getting monopsomies and buying up uh, all the parts in a supply line. You know, Sony doesn't do that, but um, think about it like as better graphics cards come out, um, they can buy those graphics cards and they can tweak a few things and then um, it causes less heat in the system. Uh, because it doesn't have to use as much of the overhead and um, it causes the failure rate to go down, which is better for everybody. So um, I think the reason Sony is being very obstinate about replying to this is they want it to be as low key a launch as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about lowering their, their supply chain costs. Yeah, so I mean, not that's, so much that's about just speculation. Console yeah. fancy, but just like let's phase out this inefficient thing and replace it with this more efficient thing. That's my that kind of deal. That makes a lot of yeah, sense to me. Feel different. Uh, yeah. Also, I I totally did not mention this, uh, but I'm revisiting the quotes now. And one difference that I do think is actually a big deal, despite being kind of low key, is uh, Laura reports that you can. There's a slot to swap out the hard drive. Which, if you have tried to replace a PS4's hard drive, which I, I've been tempted to do, it comes uh, with. 500 gigabytes of storage, the base model. Um, You can very easily fill that up if you have a lot of games that are 50 gigabytes, as many uh, AAA games are. So this slim model, uh, it'll be easier to replace the hard drive without, like, endangering the console, I guess. So that, to me, that that's a draw. If you can, I mean, find a hard drive that fits in it, presumably. Uh, I don't know the exact dimensions of what that would have to be, but that's that's pretty cool to me. Probably a laptop hard drive because that's going to be optimized for heat and the inside oh. of a PlayStation would be very hot. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, now <laughs> I'm, just on, I'm on board I could with this wrong, now. I mean, yeah, I love be, my PS4. Before we move on yeah. to, to journalistic ethics, um, which I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about as well, uh, in terms of, you know, it's slimming down or whatever. For me, as a person who is not steeped in in gaming, uh, I I think this is just like if I were to come along right now and decide to pick up a PS4, then this would be the thing that's on the shelf. And, well, well, presumably it would be the thing that's on the shelf. <laughs> in this scenario, if this was the yeah. thing that's on the shelf, I would be you know pleasantly surprised. Oh, look, it's a lot thinner and it'll fit better in my entertainment system. Mm-hmm. But uh, I agree with Bree. I don't think that this necessarily makes anybody jump for joy that they've suddenly got a thinner machine. Unless you're like John Syracuse or something like that. <laughs> Other than that, it's just, it's just a smaller device that 
again, if I was out there, I'd be like, ah, oh, yes, this is nice. It's going to look better because it's going to be less of an object on my mm-hmm. on my stand. And I do have to say, as a person who, despite being – these contradict each other. Despite being an Apple user, I do like to be able to personalize and upgrade my technology so that easier to change out uh, SATA drive – is kind of nice to where it's a lot easier to do that. So if I have a, a bajillion D games that I'd rather just get on the internet instead of uh, down or rather going and buying the CD, uh, then it, it's a little bit easier. So I, I think, yeah, I think that there's not a whole bunch of hoopla to it. And uh, I think that was a very brilliant note you had, Brie. But that's also, um, you know, it's about lowering costs, right? So if they make the hard drive easier for users to replace, um, you know, if I my hard drive dies today, and it's just like pulling out on the side and putting $100, maybe I don't use my Sony warranty. Right. Ah. Yeah. Maybe that saves some money. So again, I Plus, think then it's then you just don't have to like have move. an alternate model. It's like ooh the the one or the terabyte model ooh which is people want that, but that's still more inventory. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Let's talk about the the ethics here. Um, Yusufan, I don't know what did you study in college? Was it journalism? It was culture, literature, and the arts. Brianna. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, well, Michael, what about you? I have you? no ethics. Journalism. Okay, cool. I have no so ethics. <laughs> it's really well. It's really interesting because uh, you know, even though I'm an engineer, uh, the classes I took most seriously in college, and in fact got the best grades in my entire class, were all in communication law, um, which is all about libel, protecting journalists, knowing what you can say, knowing what you can't say. Um, so I I feel like I have a bit of a background in that. But you know, Laura is in the UK. So I just think it's like I can talk about the U.S. Uh, principles here, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to say I'm not really sure what she's talking about at the beginning of her story when she says like, you know, U.K. protections of journalists apply. Um, so I don't know. To me, she leads the story talking off and she's like, please, Sony, don't sue me. Please don't sue me. I believe that this falls under this protection, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I can say, I, I think from a U.S. point of view, she would be on, mm, I mean, anyone can sue anyone at any time. <laughs> and I think that, you know, if Sony chose to sue, you know, um, I don't know, iMore for some reason, that would be a very expensive <gasps> thing for iMore. Um, but, you know, it, it seems to me that there is an argument that if you cover the video game industry, that there is a consumer interest um, argument to be made, as she said. I mean, how do you feel about that, Simone? I mean, I feel like uh, we actually we have an op-ed on this our, on Polygon by Ben Kuchera, uh, which I'll, I'll read the, the beginning of right now to kind of contextualize this. Here are some pictures of the PlayStation 4 Slim. You can look at them if you want. You used to be able to watch the system boot up, but Eurogamer took down the footage, quote-unquote, after taking legal advice. Here's a video of the system being unboxed on Technobuffalo. You can read details about the system's new controller. That's a a link to, I believe, Laura's article as well. There are multiple outlets that have been able to get their hands on this console. Um, Yes, it is, presumably, because distributors are breaking street date and selling them early. Um, potentially there are some that were just straight up stolen. We don't know, but it like this Laura's is not the only one. <laughs> and at this point it's like the, the weirdest open secret to me. I, in my point of view, not speaking, I mean, 
I'm not representing Polygon.com when I say this. Like, it, it just seems so weird to me that every multiple outlets have covered it. There are pictures, there are videos, there's all this proof that it exists. And Sony is not saying, hey, it was leaked. Here's the thing. Fine. Here's some information about it. Like, throw the dogs a bone or something. Like, it's not a secret anymore. So I came from a, a place, uh, a job, uh, where journalistic, we were literally across the street from what has consistently been voted the best journalism school in the country. So you can imagine that we had some very serious journalistic ethics. And working for a company whose journalistic ethics are in front of every other thing and are the shining beacon of light that kind of guides us, the the North Star, if you will, the, the light that took us to Jesus, <laughs> uh, the, those things would would – shape everything else that we did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So looking at it from that perspective, the perspective of journalistic ethics coming before everything else, um, this would not be something that we would have done at that, at, you know, if I was still at that job mm -hmm. and the, the thing that bothered me. So, so I will say that, you know, there were times where that kind of became very frustrating, especially as the person who was leading the uh, technology team at, at the company, because leading the technology team, a lot of technology is based in consumer technology. And when you're talking about consumer technology, a lot of the time, your stories can end up sounding a bit commercial, uh, because you're talking about a new thing, and you're saying what it can do and what it can't do. And in the end, it sounds like you're kind of pitching a product. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so because of that, it became difficult for me to, you know, try to, to, to kind of find the line between being uh, completely journalistically ethical and also doing my job. Uh, where I work now, I won't say that, you know, there aren't any ethics, but I think that it's not as hard line as it was before. And we've accepted that we are a consumer technology brand and we're talking about consumer technology. So at this point, as a person who kind of uh, had a little bit of friction and rubbed up against sandpaper wise with some of those journalistic <laughs> ethics uh, at the old place, I still have a problem with the opening sentence in this – or opening paragraph in this story. Mm -hmm. I think that it's taken a little bit not uh, not seriously and I think that you know, just saying that, hey, look, this is out there and it has consumer – uh, interest and therefore my job as a journalist is to to talk about it to the public because that's my job. That's where it kind of becomes the end of it. But to to make the jokes about not suing and all that kind of stuff, mm. I think that kind of takes what could be a very reasonable and very uh, what's the term? Uh, it, it's it's convincing up until that point, mm -hmm. and and even still, like oh well, we've got twenty five thousand other outlets reporting on this. It's fine, but I just think that that kind of took it from what was a legitimate reason and almost made me, you know, take the person less seriously. Uh, can, so again, can I, make can I sense. say something about that, yeah. Micah? Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, Go ahead. Let me let me just give a little in again. Like I'm going to stick up for my friend. So I'm yeah, just, absolutely. You know, I want to put that out there. But let me give you just a little context to where Laura is coming from. So, you know, she was the editor at UK uh, Destructoid, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was about uh, a month ago um, that she was completely laid off. Like, they closed down that division. This was, you know, she's very open about being transgender. Like, she put her, 
you know, like her surgery information out there. This is why she was um, recovering from, um, you know, um, gender confirmation surgery, something very painful that, you know, this is a big blow to her. In the midst of all of that, um, you know, she's trying to get her steam back together and do what, you know, Greg Miller is doing, um, you know, and put together basically a YouTube channel funded by public support. So, um, you know, basically it comes down to she's an entrepreneur. You know, Laura is not someone that, like, you know, if you sat down with me, I could have a, a conversation with you that was informed about, you know, who the players are in the venture capital community. And, you know, like I have that kind of business training. That's not Laura. Like she's mm-hmm. just trying to do what she wants to do. And she's got a, a startup and she has a lot of passion. So, you know, for her, this is a get. And it's just impossible to imagine Laura having, you know, like she doesn't have a big lawyer to call it her company, like say, you know, we do. So, um, I just, you know, I think if you look at it from that context, like she is kind of a scrappy startup and this is a get for her. And I think it speaks to her ability to, um, really kind of go out there and get that coverage. I think I love your advice though, Micah, because I, I would not have known how to phrase that sentence. I think just you saying that like is, I hope it's super helpful for listeners and anyone, uh, anyone who ever gets in a situation like this, like you don't need to do, you don't need to kind of do a song and dance of don't yeah, sue it's me. Almost hedging. Yeah. You can state your case and, and I, yeah. I would not have, I would not have known how to do that without asking. For sure. For sure. And just in case, you know, it might've been missed. Like the, the place where I used to work, I, we literally were across the street from one of the best journalism schools in the country, constantly rated as top journalism school in the country. So there's a lot of that, that, that shapes my, mm-hmm. uh, my, my perspective on this. And yeah, I think that there's abs or I, I know that there's absolutely a reason for, for reporting on this. And that alone is, is good enough. And whenever, you know, one of the things, and I, I feel like I can go a little inside baseball here because I'm separated enough from it. There were times where there would be things that uh, people would would come at us and say, "Hey, you 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 can't share that. You need to take that down. You didn't get permission for this, or you didn't do this, or you didn't do that, or what have you." And if you go back and you say, "Oh my gosh, you're right," or even if you don't say anything but you end up removing it temporarily, that alone is enough for admission of guilt. And so mm-hmm. it's better to not even hedge at all and just be straightforward with it. And so that was, yeah, that's the only point that I have there. And and if you've got, you know, if your if your theme is to be kind of funny and 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 you know cute, uh, that I understand that that's your voice that's and everything brand. like that. It's her yeah, brand, and that's the yeah. brand. And so that that makes sense. I just if if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about these things and you know that you have a journalistic right to do so, and especially as Bree said in the beginning too, I don't know how UK laws work. I only know how US laws work. Then you know what? Own it. You get it. You get to do it. And that's fantastic. And ultimately, this is interesting to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that people are reporting on the PS4 slib so I can I can know that it's out there. Can can I just say like most people have an entirely uninformed view of what journalists can or cannot publish. Like the, the mm-hmm. conversation about it that is sent my way is 
laughably dumb. And I, I know that's an abrasive statement, but I really mean it. Um, this last weekend, we spent a lot of time sitting down and putting down a, you know, e, uh, you know, end user license agreement in Rev 60 because we've had Gamergate go through and they've sent us threats saying we're, we've registered revolution60.xxx.com. And like I've seen threads where they're planning on, you know, reverse engineering our assets and making porn of our characters, you know, just something. Um, and like, I'm talking about like, well, we're putting an EULA out there for this. Um, and somebody's like, oh, fair use, blah, 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 blah. It's not even like, it's such a dumb conversation. Like they have no idea what fair use is <laughs> in this concept. Right. And like, if you're signing an EULA that specifically says you can't do that, it's about giving me the legal power to send a really scary lawyer your way. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, I had this happen today. Like, so I wanted to quote from my uh, Bustle article, which came out today on the alt-right and the, the horrors of it. And um, I had a younger journalist write me asking for permission. It's like, you don't need my permission. I wrote from a major outlet. Quote from me, it's fair use. Don't paste my whole article. <laughs> but, you know, like, people just don't know this. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's amazing. God, doing like a dirty journalism 101 down and dirty with journalism with like <laughs> panel would be, I hope educational. Yeah. <laughs> I want Micah uh, so Sargent I... to talk in his dulcet tones about me to journalism. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> one, of, one of my bosses, one of my bosses was a former uh, fair use law lawyer. Oh, nice. And cool. so wow. I learned a crap ton about fair use laws and regulations and the, the nuance that's there. So that was a very yeah. helpful thing to, to have picked up. I at, hope at, that you all did page. just hear me say, Micah, talk about me to journalism, because that was a thing that definitely, <laughs> that I definitely said that. I it's It was pain. coming out of my mouth and I was like, which prepositions are right? And then I, I <laughs> it was a 50-50 thing and I, I chose the wrong one. So I am a writer, in fact, uh, very good, very good at the words. Um, <laughs> you know what would be you know what's a good thing to be good at words with is helping oh. people with customer support and <laughs> what is good at that is HelpSpot okay so let's back up HelpSpot is a super HelpSpot is so helpful if you are a person who is doing customer support say you have your own business going on. You're selling uh, beautiful stickers of my face online uh, on a website. And sometimes people have trouble figuring out how to buy the stickers. HelpSpot will help its software to help you deal with problems that customers might have, answer their questions, etc. You can do it. They provide services for email, for web, for phone. They basically become the central spot for answering all those pesky customer questions. You love your customers. You want them to have a good time. So you turn like what might be disjointed email exchanges like back and forth into meaningful conversations to get them the support that they need quick so that they become return customers, which is, as you know, the most important thing if you are trying to make money. They also let you see uh, trends relating to support requests. So if it's like a consistent thing that customers can't find like a checkout button on your website, oh my gosh, you're seeing a lot of support tickets for that come in. You see see that trend, you can look at that and say, I should probably redesign this. I should probably respond to my customers' needs. Um, And you can have real-time reporting to see exactly what's happening um, with customer support. You can create a self-service portal 
that will also help your customers if they, you know, they're not, say, you know, the self-sufficient people like myself who are stubborn and don't like to ask for help. Well, I will go and like, I'll search on the website if they have a help section. I'll search for my answers there before I email or uh, chat with a support person. You can create a hub with articles um, about how to use your service so that customers can browse that knowledge base and get the information that they need. Super useful. Uh <laughs> There we go. Yeah, seriously, this is like, I can't imagine I was because I was poking around uh, with website builders the other week. And um, I was like, if I I was poking around with some of the um, commerce software. And I was like, if I I can't even imagine like trying to create that structure for myself to like be able to sell something online and like be able to support people if I had like a, a business that wasn't just like, shipping stickers like my example if it was like a a large scale business handling customer demand and confusion would be so difficult and this to me seems like oh my god that's a great freaking solution like right there the software that you need to make this easy both for yourself and for the customers who are coming to you for help so it's awesome uh you can run HelpSpot on your own servers or they can host uh you'll get source code access for access for custom branding heck yeah and direct sql access to write custom reports so that's they they like like other services that we like and love uh they give you control but they also you know if you don't want to get that nitty-gritty with the code and stuff you don't have to it's super easy and i I'm happy to tell you that HelpSpot is free for up to three users and for larger teams, it is super inexpensive. And if you want to get 10% off for life, you can use the offer code rocket when you sign up at helpspot.com slash rocket. You can start a trial today um, or sign up for a free one-on-one demo to learn more about how HelpSpot can help your support team. Um, Freaking awesome. They have customers that include startups and Fortune 500 companies. So like call centers, uh, customer service groups, IT departments. Um, It includes software for banking and healthcare and transportation and education. There's a lot going on here. I would definitely check this out if I if I needed to help the people, the customers in my life. I I, I fortunately slash unfortunately do not have customers, but if I did, I would really freaking need an easy and fast and understandable way to manage their demands. And HelpSpot is that. So did you did you say for life? I said ten percent off. off for life with the offer code for Rocket. Life? Holy cow. Yeah. 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 For life. For life. That's the kind of benefit that you get with Rocket on Relay FM. <laughs> and that's the kind of benefit that HelpSpot is giving you. So do go check them out. HelpSpot.com slash Rocket. Uh, thank you so much for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. That's freaking awesome. Can I ask a foolish question? Yes. Why, when I think of Dead or Alive, do I think of that? What is the name of that zombie game where there's like a smoker and a witch and a big thing that explodes, Uh, a big zombie that explodes? Oh, shoot. What is that? Are you talking about House of the Dead? No, it's... it's... Oh, my gosh. No, this is going to... This is going (sighs) to... Oh, it's called Left 4 Dead. Left 4 Dead. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So why is this Not called Dead or Alive? 
Yeah, why is this called Dead or Alive if it's volleyball? Because it's a it's a fighting game series, and then the extreme Dead or Alive Extreme is the volleyball like spinoff. Oh, but it's all about um, it's all about boobs. Like, I mean, fair enough. That's what the game is about. The difference it is a fighting game, and that's why there's dying. And, and Simone, I have to, I think it's very unfair that you said this game is all about busty women. Like some of the women have C-cup boobs, according to the stats that are on the screen. You know, so I'm you know, sorry. to balance off the ones with even with boobs bigger than their heads. So I think that's not a fair I was statement. wrong. Yeah. I am sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm trying okay. to remove it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is um, my official apology. So, yeah. Um, so the video. Let's sorry, get to I, I didn't the actually darkness. get to... Uh, talk about the video. Um, sorry, sorry, I'm trying to find my notes. Oh, okay. So yeah, a Japanese website uh, got to uh, test out the VR version of the game, and one of the mode that they are showing in this video is basically one where you can like zoom in super close up on the ladies' bodies, uh, which I mean I'm ostensibly fine with because cool, fine, whatever. Except that the audio, like the words that she's saying, are basically don't and um don't is the only one i understand um but and then she's like moving away from the player and it like at one point just flinches away so it becomes this very creepy like thing where you're in virtual reality and using your controls to poke at a bikini clad woman while she's saying no leave me alone which is screwed up you're sexually assaulting her yes i mean there's there's no way to dance around this i got if that happened to me on the street i would call the police i would call the police um you know this has kasumi in the demo and she's leaning over and she's saying don't 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 and you know the players in vr and they've got the vr remote and they come over and they interact with her butt uh using the the controller and you see her butt react to it and she leaps up screams now and walks around and then you come over to her and you start like rubbing her boobs and they jiggle and she's saying no like this is a a sexual assault simulator um and it rewards the player for that that behavior Mm -hmm. um you know i feel like we're all adults here and you know we've talked on rocket before um i'm very bullish on vr porn i've talked about this um i could say like here on the podcast i got a job offer from a vr porn company a few months ago my husband put his foot down said no way are you taking that (laughs) but i think it's a really interesting technology right like i think um so i don't have any ethical issue with this if there was consent but um, you know, Simone, I know you can identify with this. So I went and saw a, um, a horror movie that's out in theaters right now, and um, it's a really intense movie. And I saw it on opening night, and I'm sitting there, and there's a scene where a woman is j- jacked up in the air, and she is getting raped. Mm-hmm. And um, there was an entire row of frat guys sitting behind me. And this is a scene where I am literally going, oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to scream. It's so scary. And they're laughing back there behind me. And I do think that we have, you know, I'm sorry to get into feminist terminology here, but rape culture, I think um, it kind of teaches dudes that this stuff is a joke, like mm-hmm. grabbing a girl's butt when she's screaming no. Um, ha ha ha. And you did it anyway, or too naughty. Um, you know, I think it's, it's rape culture. I think this is 
eminently inappropriate and I'm very, very rarely for censoring games, but I think Sony can choose what they do or do not bring to the, to the PlayStation. And, um, I don't think they should bring it here. I think, uh, you know, if this company wants to put out their stuff, they should do it on PC, um, where anything goes like hatred, but, um, you know, a sexual assault simulator does not belong on a Sony platform in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's harsh, but fair. It's just, it's really, uh, it's very uncomfortable. And I don't know that I I really have anything more nuanced than that to say. I mean, obviously the Koei Tecmo can put out whatever they want, but like you said, it doesn't have to be published or um, by allowed on any game store that does not want it. And ugh. It's, yeah. Very uncomfortable. The video is just horrible to watch. Mm -hmm. And I guess some people are going to be aroused by that. I was completely horrified. And it's, you know, I was talking to Cindy Gallup about this on the the phone a few months ago. um, Because, you know, she's doing a sex tech startup. And I'm I'm a thousand percent for that. We were talking about GoPro cameras for for this and like you know i am as pro-sex a feminist as you can be i love sex workers i i i I, i'm but you can't there's got to be consent Mm -hmm. right and i know a lot of dudes don't get this but like regular pornography just has it has some really violating images behind it, which are why, you know, a lot of women aren't into, you know, porn for guys. And, you know, it's just make a game that's all about sexy women. Like I play Dead or Alive. It's a good fighting game. It's a good volleyball game. I I enjoy the series. But when it's getting to the point where you're kind of teaching people to sexually assault, um, you know, Ben Kachera has done, you know, op-eds about this at Polygon, Simone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, kids are going to be doing this. Your brain mm-hmm. is still in a state of learning. And, you know, we have situations like Brock Turner, this you know, yeah. U.S. swimmer raping a woman that's drugged behind a dumpster, um, you know, having barely three months of prison time when he's the 1% that gets prosecuted you know, we just, Mm -hmm. it's just not safe. So yeah, I'm I'm still trying to kind of sort through like how exactly I feel about this. Cause I'm very uh, opposed to it, obviously, but I'm also like pro porn and pro sex and stuff like that. It's just, it is, it is so difficult to kind of put my finger on like why this is just so not cool yeah. Um and I, I I I'm saying I'm going on this tangent because I still have not yet arrived at like why personally for me it's so uncool because I'm I'm even I'm also pro I guess um certainly writing about topics like this. Um yeah, I am too. Even even with um eroticization of it, but sure. I think the fact that I it's not it's not, it, it's not lampshaded yeah. at all. It's yeah. not provided yeah. context. It's not providing lampshading. It's not like this is go an intentionally erotic experience or exploration of a 
<laughs> molestation because that's what it is. It's just like a fun party game. It's literally a fun side game that you can play. It's not provided proper context. Like I, I'm 100% supportive of exploring topics like this, uh, whether through like, um, like sharing of experiences or even through eroticization of it, of like experiences like rape, because sometimes people do that and you don't have to be a survivor or whatever to like explore that. But the point is to put it in its proper context and never lose sight of the fact that it is a real thing that happens and it is horrible and traumatizing and life ruining and simultaneously often not punished most often not punished by our society i put it in words (laughs) can i say something here um you know i've i've been very open in my professional life about having gone to rehab for drug abuse uh in my case it was ambient addiction um there was a girl that was in um my class with me um this was you know it was a really intense rehab thing you lived at the hospital they put you up in an apartment complex and you got up at 8 a.m. every single day and went in for 11 hours of therapy a day. And um, you really got to know the people in your class. And one of the girls that was in there with me, um, I'm going to just call her Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had been, she had had this happen to her. She had been sexually assaulted. And it had put a hole inside of her so severely that she was out there looking for painkillers to just plug that hole and it utterly destroyed her life. She was smart. She was gorgeous. She's very clever. And you know, this is a girl that just had really um, something very precious had been taken from her. And if you look at the statistics of this woman that have been sexually assaulted, and I'm not saying rape, I'm saying sexual assault, um, you know, the, the stats are very clear. It affects your ability to graduate from college. It uh, gives your chances of being addicted to drugs. It triples them. Um, you know, this is some really serious long-term damage that you can look statistically and say that this this does it. So, you know, Simone, you're talking about the eroticization of some of these concepts. One of my favorite novels, I'll admit it on this show, uh, Anne Rice wrote a novel under uh, her name, Anne Rampling, before she was famous, called Exit to Eden. Uh, the audiobook is, I think it's like 10 hours. It's read by Gillian Anderson. It's one of the oh. hottest books you're ever going to listen to in your whole life. And it's, it is this. It's this idea it's it's this idea in that context. But that is a very different thing than getting some 14-year-olds without any context that says this is a fantasy this and is an a industry game. has a lot of, yeah, it's a game. Um, and kind of in, is when this happens all the time in real life, like mm-hmm. in real life, you're not sent off to an island where <laughs> you agree to be someone's slave for a year in yeah. sexual sense, right? So, um, Micah, do you have any thoughts about this? Yeah. Uh, I grew up raised by women my entire life. Uh, my, my grandma and my mom were pretty much my parental figures. Uh, I've always had lots of friends who were women and have and still do consider my closest and most trustworthy friends to be women. Uh, I am – people who follow me know that I am a feminist and know that 
I'm also a pretty sensitive person. Uh, and so those two things, when they come together, just take me over the edge. There's nothing that can make me so infuriated as much as seeing something like this, for example, uh, or something that's even, you know, less than something like this. So I just want to give an example because I think that something that goes as far as what has, what happens in this video where we are glorifying or allowing this sexual assault to take place and it's this cutesy funsy thing that is absolutely not cutesy or funsy uh, to happen is what teaches young men who grow up to be men that these kinds of things are okay. My former colleagues, uh, the the entire social media team at my former uh, employer is run by women. And they do a fan-friggin-tastic job. And the day that it was women's, uh, what was it, National Women's Day, I can't remember exactly what the, what the phrasing is, uh, but it was a day to celebrate women uh, and, and, you know, women's suffrage. And they announced and they, they revealed, I guess, uh, that the entire social media team was run by women. And I don't know why, but I decided to look at the comments that were there, hoping to see some positive things. And I was going to write my own positive comment. And what should I find but a bunch of young men writing about how the only reason that these women had this job was because they were women and they didn't get there because of merit and they didn't get this and women don't run anything, et cetera, et cetera. And I had, I had to, I had to walk away from the computer because I was close to vomiting. I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not just trying to say that I like, there's nothing that enrages me and just upsets me more than this because it's, it's so sad. And I've even seen it from, you know, close people that are close to me that have grown up and are taught that this is okay. And so I, I just, I hope, uh, I, I agree with you, Brie. I hope that, you know, we can be more realistic about this. And Sony can say, this is not a good idea. And that this kind of stuff doesn't continue to happen because it is, it is very, 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 very clearly and very easily teaching a young generation who still has a plastic brain mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that it's easily molded, that it's reinforcing these things that it's okay to objectify women and to consider them as less than. And it's just so wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I just, VR, I VR just is so, so intense. It's so yeah. intense. It's much different yeah, from watching it on screen. I, I think we need to close out the show. But I, I would say, you know, the danger of talking about this topic, and some I'm sure this is going through your brain too. It's like, am I going to be lay? Am I going to be labeled someone that's like anti-sex or you know wants to stamp out all sexuality in games, just being against this? And yeah, you know, there are prominent feminist critics out there that do want to obliterate sexuality in games. I'm not one of them. I think, um, like, uh, you know, there's a game out, uh, this visual novel is called like, uh, you know, code rebirth and is an ultimate, like girly erotic fantasy. And it's for the Vita. And I think if you have that game, I think it's very reasonable to say, well, I think 14-year-old dudes, like, if they want a game that's all about bikinis and big boobs, like, I think that's just the free market. Like, I don't, you know, it's not my objective to stamp out games. 
But I do think some particular examples just really cross a line in a way they can't be associated with the mainstream game industry. Hatred would be another example of this, which is a, a game about you know committing a mass murder. Um, you, know, you can see the trailer and you're putting a shotgun in a woman's mouth as she's begging to live and you pull the trigger and her brains spew everywhere. Um, that's a game that if you want to put it on Steam... That's fine. That's the Wild West. But like, does that belong on the PlayStation or the Xbox One? No. And they made that call and it's not there. So mm-hmm. um, I just think there are some standards that our industry correctly needs to have. Can I quickly, I just, super quick, I just want to make this note and I think it ties into what you're talking about, Bree, where the, you know, sexual, sexuality with agency is absolutely okay. And that is, that's not something that anyone's trying to get rid of. And an example I think of this is, so Alicia Keys was making headlines after, uh, was it the VMAs that just happened? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, the VMAs, because Alicia Keys chose not to wear makeup to to the VMAs. And people had complaints about that. Oh, you aren't showing up because you're not professional, da-da-da-da-da. You know what? Alicia Keys rocked it, and Alicia Keys was awesome. But the, the point that I want to make here is a follow-up post on Instagram by Bozema St. John, who we all know as the really awesome, I won't say curse words because I'll get in trouble, Uh, the really awesome person who spoke at WWDC about Apple Music and is in charge of Apple Music's growth and uh, expansion. And Bozema talked about how she loved being able to get her nails done and wear high heels and wear the lipstick that she wants to wear and things like that. And that she can exist right alongside Alicia Keys, who chooses not to wear makeup. And you shouldn't shame either of those mm-hmm. ideas. You should let both of those exist and both are okay. If you want to rock it, you should be able to rock it or, and, or rock it, listen to rock it. Hey. And if you don't want to wear makeup, then so be it. You can still rock it. But those things don't mean anything. If, if you feel like you're working it without it, then so be it. And I think that the the idea that someone not wearing makeup to show up, a, a woman, not because men don't wear, in most cases at, at these events, men don't show up wearing a bunch of makeup and no one yeah. says anything. <laughs> but because Alicia Keys didn't wear makeup, then she made headlines for that. And so that is based in all of this where we're taught as youngsters and the youth that it's it's a wrong thing for for women not to wear makeup and you know they have to take the time to do all this stuff to be presentable and I don't have to do crap when I go out that's BS. So anyway okay. that that's the point yeah. that I want to make there. Okay cool. We need to wrap the show up I think. Yeah I I the connection, the connection is there. Sex positivity, makeup positivity. It's all, it's all individual. Uh, what, God, what are we doing this week? Michael, what are you doing? Well, iOS 10 is about to come out. So is the new iPhone and all that jazz. Oh, so you dear. can check out a bunch of posts that are going to be going up soon about uh, how to make the best of home automation in iOS 10 because I am uh, taking charge of that. So if you got some Philips Hue lights or a, a thermom, I mean, a, sorry, a, a thermostat that runs from your phone, then if you need to know how to set all that stuff up, then go ahead and check out imore.com to see all my posts about home, HomeKit, and uh, Siri automation. Nice. Brianna, what are you up to? Uh, so I had a piece that came out today um, on Bustle on the alt-right and um you know, we try to not talk about politics too much on Rocket. So um, I think we've kind of covered that a bit with um, you know this this last story. I would say, um, you know, in Trump hiring Steve Bannon of Breitbart, 
Um, there are some very serious concerns. Uh, they're on the table that you know, kind of affect me personally as someone that was targeted by Gamergate. So um, I had a pretty major piece out in Bustle today. I'm very proud of it. Uh, and if you want to check that out, look at it in the show notes. The bigger, happier news is Rev60 will have come out by the next time we do Rocket. So oh, um, my God. very happy about that. It comes out next Tuesday. And I would be absolutely honored if you would buy it. It's going to be on iOS for $6 flat. Um, and on Steam, you can get uh, the the graphically upgraded version of our um, the iOS version that came out in 2014. Or you can buy the special edition uh, for $13. So it's $10 and $13. The special edition has a lot of new scenes. It has some new features. Um, it's really, really good. So um, I hope you'll support our studio. Sweet. Uh, I found out today that the McKittrick Hotel, which does the like crazy sleep no more enactments of Macbeth, they're having a clue party on September seventeenth. <sighs> a clue costume party. So when you mm. buy a ticket, you have to choose a character to dress up as. Anyway, today I spent ninety five dollars on a ticket to a party so that I can dress up as Mrs. White from the movie Clue, and uh, get free drinks all night because. <sighs> I'm so yeah, jealous. Worth it. I know, I know. I literally awesome. like almost spat all over my computer screen when my coworker gave me the link. I was like, this is for me. Uh, <sighs> so I, I'm not doing anything this week, but I'm going to be doing something like two weeks from now. And I'm so pumped. Oh, PAX is happening this weekend. I have on there. the side of my face. I'm so jealous. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. All right. That's us for this week. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal. Micah? At Micah Sargent. Ooh, Micah with an H, Sergeant. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Doom Quasar, videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Um, and thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. Uh, if you want to review it, you should use this uh, program called iTunes, where you can find podcasts and leave reviews for them, as well as star ratings. It's good and new. Uh, this episode is terminated. 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 Terminated.